is it that every time you call a business with an automated answering system where you press one, press two, how is it that all of their call options have always been recently changed? You're listening to Warren Beer and the Cheap Seats Podcast, WBECS, with Big Mike and Casey. Take it away, Big Mike. What's happening, everybody? It's your old buddy, Big Mike, coming at you remote, remote, remote on a Friday night live. we got a great show for you. And I don't know what we're talking about yet, but I will <laughs> soon. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Warm beer and cheap seats, Friday night. Take it away, Casey. Yes, WBCS. So, uh, and you know, I, I text you guys, we'll move some timetables around, but uh, Big Ed, uh, you know, emergency at the Montecito. Uh, so he's kind of held up there. Um, I hope you hear me loud and clear there, Big Mike. Loud and clear, Casey. Perfect, perfect. That's what I like to hear. And uh, I know you're in abstentia. We're here in Studio D, um, you know, holding up our end. Um, I wanted to kind of go over that little documentary I sent you the oh, link about. Absolutely. So that's well, a that's a jewel. Yes. Um, you know, I, I I think that that could take up some stuff. I know Subway's gonna. He's standing by. He's gonna have a list for us. And then I'm jumping in on the rock and roll retrospective. We're going to do Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. One Hot Minute from wow. 1996. So, uh, yes. So we we have that kind of going on. Um, or actually, it's from 1995. That's all right. Everyone just settle down for a minute. <laughs> hey, Subway spilled the beans on his list earlier tonight, by the way. <laughs> oh, did he? He did yeah. that sometimes. Uh, but I, I did not look anything up. Me neither. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm going... I, I saw I saw in the group chat. Um, just Big Ed said something about a crappy list, <laughs> and then that was the last. I, I you know that, you know, I, I'm like you. I'm I'm trying to pay other bills, so that and then the phone. Yeah. So, sometimes I look down. And I'm like, who's texting me so much? I'll have like twenty or thirty text messages. Well, here's here's the thing for my day job that's paying the bills until this thing launches i actually have my phone and a company phone so imagine that the company oh, gosh. Going, going bananas with text and ringing ringing and then my personal phone same thing i'll look down i'm like whoa where'd all these texts come from mm, yeah. i don't know that many people <laughs> yikes all you need is us that's yeah. all <laughs> to blow up your phone. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so Big Ed's been keeping us one text that he's been keeping us in the loop on the chair that we discussed last week. Yeah, the chair's making some movement. Someone's using it. There's obviously. no cherry yet, though. Weren't we supposed like, to use it? Like cherry from Pee Wee's Playhouse? Ah! Well, yeah, I guess it could be. But like a selfie. <laughs> But with a chair, I thought we called it a cherry. Maybe. Yeah, well, listen, Big Mike. <laughs> cherry. <laughs> Cherry's the word of the day. <laughs> tell, me, tell me somebody else saw the ramp or the box or whatever it is in last, not this past picture, but the one before it. It was already there. Uh, yeah, it but it moved. Well, it moved. Yeah. That, that's additional furniture. It has legs. It moves around. 
Maybe there's a colony of ants underneath moving it. Well, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, someone's like hanging out and then, um, you know, then they're, they got to go. You know, they, they got somewhere to go. They, this is a mystery that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll solve this. You know, the day Big Ed catches someone in the chair, you know, it's that, that'll be amazing. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be a victory for all. I think Big Ed will pull over and have a conversation with that person. Oh my gosh! He would. He would. He's. Uh, uh, he he does all those things. <laughs> it would be. You know, it'd be cool if he interviewed that person because you know, with these smartphones, he could yeah. record an interview. That would be kind of cool. I would like that very much. <laughs> oh, like the time we tried to send Subway into MLB's headquarters and he got banished. Yeah. Yeah, good good interview there, Subway. <laughs> we may we may have to recruit somebody else to do our uh I tried at least. On location. Well Man, you 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 are the worst man in the streets. However, though, um good AI a, photo, you know, with you pinning uh what looks like Drew McIntyre. Yep. That is pretty amazing. I, I got a question about that picture, Casey. So when you do these AI photos, do you so you give it direction? Did you say Subway needs a mask and that's why you got a gas mask on them? No, I think it just because it didn't know who Subway was. I didn't describe it other than, you know, uh, he is a wrestler and he's tied to our podcast. And uh, it kind of came up with that. It, it had a couple other ones, but that was definitely the, the best and the most flattering one for sure. No, mm -hmm. oh, most. Oh, I, I want to see some of the unflattering ones. Uh, I think you know, they I would didn't, be more entertaining. You didn't keep I, them. I, um, I'll have to see if I saved uh, saved them. I mean, then I got in the whole thing of like Kermit uh, the Frog versus the San Diego Chicken. That that kind of ate up like half my day. <laughs> like in a battle royale. Yeah, it just. I guess the yeah no I only have the one picture, but um, it didn't understand the Kermit and the, I guess the San Diego chicken might be just too too far gone. I think is that a real thing? Yeah yeah San Diego he he retired yeah. years ago. Like I think we were still kind of kids when he retired oh. from doing that. But he would show up at like he ended up showing up like all over, but mostly like sporting events in San Diego, a la Chargers or Padres games. Hmm. He was actually born at a game. Like, they had a big egg in the outfield, and he just, like, popped out of it. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And he was, like, uh, I, I mean, he was really the first, like, of the big popular mascots. And then kind of became a craze, the Philly Fanatic and, you know, all these other ones that came came around afterwards. You know, mo you most mascots were pretty uh, vanilla. But this one kind of was just, like, all like San, San Diego sports shooting might like they had an, a short lived NBA team, which is now the LA Clippers. They, they had the San Diego Clippers. So he could have been going to those games, uh, but he was like a celebrity status, but the guy that did the, the character retired, but I guess he owned the rights to the character cause they never brought it back. Hmm. I mean, I think he was in like some movies. Wow. Oh yeah. I was just going to say that he, the San Diego chicken, I bet you if you go to IMDb and put San Diego Chicken, 
You'll, there'll, there'll be a whole list of movies he showed. I mean, he, he used to do that move where he'd kind of move his beak to the left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, or or he'd put like his beak on some, top of someone's head, like you know. I guess he was trying to eat the person. Mm. Oh yeah, good <laughs> But he never had like a real feud. Like the Philly fanatic had a serious feud with Tommy Lasorda, which will go down as probably. I mean, you could talk about like Ollie Foreman, you know, Hogan versus Iron Sheik, and then the Philly fanatic Tommy Lasorda are going to go down as one of the greatest feuds. In the history of sports, <laughs> he would just go out in his four wheeler ATV with a a guy in a fat suit uh, in a Dodgers uniform on the back of it, and then Tommy Lasorda would come running out mm-hmm, after him. Mm-hmm, Classic. Mm-hmm. I think you've shown me one or two. That, that is pretty yeah. I mean, that, that's true. He, like, Tommy did not like the Philly Fanatic. Well, here's the, here's the best part. Tommy had a, a feud with a guy in a costume, in a goofy costume. Oh, listen, a serious feud. Yes, he sure did. Classic. It's like, it's a guy, it's a character. He's doing, he's, he's like a heel in a wrestling match. He's doing his job by getting Tommy Lasorda mad. <laughs> you know, that's what he's doing. He's the heel. Tommy's the baby face. And the old Philly fanatic, hey, he wins. He, he he wins. That's right. Hey, so Big Mike, do you mind if I play this clip on this uh, documentary real quick? Oh no, no, please do. Let's let's uh, listen. Okay, so folks, just stand by. We're gonna we're gonna get this queued up for you. And uh... in nineteen seventy eight, Lucasville made a huge mistake. They prefer we all forget the Star Wars Holiday Special. This film is still saying Marvel should about Nobody is allowed to. Oh, sorry about that. No, you don't remember. It's so bad. It's not good. You have to see the Star Wars Holiday Special to believe it. The Emperor said we can't show the special in this trailer. But rest assured, you will see all the clips you can handle in the documentary film The Disturbance in the Force. The Star Wars holiday special is sort of like that's the weird, Al. Grail. I really? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're starving mm-hmm. as fans for anything Star Wars. So funny and so stupid at the same time. We have seen something that we weren't supposed to see. How did this happen? To find answers, we travel back and experience the insanity of 1970s variety television. When 70s TV was bad, there was no description. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Dancing Stormtroopers. Yeah, that, that's just disturbing. You intergalactic fools mm-hmm. think you know about the Star Wars holiday special. You don't. A disturbance in the force. A story 45 years in the making. I forgot Gilbert Godfrey died. Yeah. Yep. So this is coming to theaters, this documentary. So it's probably going to play at like uh, one of those small movie houses. But it's called A Disturbance in the Force. It comes out actually, actually comes out tonight, uh, November 17th. So uh, you cinephiles out there, go out and see it. It looks hysterical. Uh, 
I'm going to go on a limb and say Sweet Melissa has no idea what I'm talking about on the – yeah, she's clueless to it. Not her fault. Um, nope. I've seen it. It's a, It pops up on YouTube, and then it gets buried. Mm. Um, I think Lucas just doesn't care anymore, but it used to get scrubbed from the internet constantly. Is it bad or good or good? Oh, bad? it's terrible. No, it's it is. Terrible. It's, it really is? It's a heaping – uh pile of, of shit. poo yes yes okay. and and in a way to put it yes so uh, the whole premise it's like they're trying to get chewbacca back he's to his planet for a holiday celebration that's not christmas but a holiday celebration yes he's trying to get <laughs> home for the holidays ah! and, and, and it's what? it's a it's weird just, uh wookie family he lives with <laughs> well, what do they celebrate? What do they do? I don't know. They probably eat people. Uh, they probably do. <laughs> I mean, I don't probably... think they really go into that. <laughs> no, they it's don't. Just... But like everyone cameos in it at some point. You know, Luke, uh, Laura, Han. You know, it, it, it's bad. I've seen it on YouTube a couple times, mm -hmm. and it, it and may now be it's back for real on in theaters. Well, the, no, so. not. The like had the basically the documentary about the special. Oh, yes. Uh, I think that'd be fascinating to see what the hell they were thinking when they wrote this thing. I was uh, because, looking. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say because Star. That, so that was seventy eight. Yep. Star Wars was seventy seven. So they're riding the curtail of the movie. Which how many? How many? How long was the movie in theaters? A long time. Uh, I right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it, it rode the wave of the, you know, I think it came out like in the early fall of 77. So, you know, it, it, it swept up that whole mania for the rest of the year. And then, um, you know, they they were going to have some time between the next movie. I, I don't sure. think, I don't think the uh, Empire came out to like 1980. So, you know, they they had time to work on develop very sure and the and studio was very, nervous they they wanted to ride while this you know the, the sure they, hot, you know strike and yes i think whatever was cobbled together they're like star wars yes put it on tv let's go i guarantee you when this came on and i'm sure the documentary covers this i bet you the viewership was enormous I mean, I was really looking forward to Napoleon coming out in the theaters next week, but I, this is number one on my list. Like, I have to see this movie. Like, Napoleon Second. Sorry, bud. Ah, wow. I'm shocked. That Napoleon movie does look very good. It looks so good. You know what? Ridley Scott doing a uh, an epic historic figure. You got... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing Napoleon Bonaparte. I, I think I think it's a great. That's very well cast right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be an interesting movie. You know, it's a and for historical characters, he's he's definitely uh, in there for a very complex study. You know, especially if you go really into the history of it. And you know, it's it's a Hollywood movie, so they're going to probably gloss over some facts. I I can deal with that. Yeah, it's all right. It's entertainment. We're not we're not going. This is not we're not going to this to you know, for our world history class, it's entertainment. Correct. But I, you know, like I'm, I'm waiting cause, uh, the, the battle scenes are going to be epic and all, all this stuff. Uh, it, 
it's going to be fantastic. But I'm with you. I think this uh, a disturbance in the force. Yes. I, I think this is going to be a pretty good little cult classic. Uh, I, I think so. I think it's just going to be one of those. I, I like a good fun documentary. There was one of like um, um, – Oh, what was it? Uh, now I'm gonna have to. Now I'm gonna just brain fart on it. But um, there's one basically that had to do with the '80s arcade games and how they had listed high scores and like basically Guinness Book was recording high scores, and then in the late aughts, this guy had broke uh, the Donkey Kong record that stood for like some 30 years or something. Wow. And the guy that held the record was upset about it. And then it created some rivalry. I think it's called like a uh, King of Kong fistful of quarters. Very intriguing. I mean, you talk about a band, just the of- name of the documentary is intriguing. <laughs> Listen, you talk about a band of interesting characters that came out of the woodwork of like people that hung out at arcades all the time in the eighties. And now they're adults. I mean, this one guy had the sweetest mullet to this day. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wait, didn't we and, watch And his movie? dad kept uh, talking about it. He's like, my son's a champion, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so good. It's it's uh, Folks, that's another must-watch uh, documentary. I don't think we've watched it together. But What did we watch, though, this past week? Or was it the week before? It was this week, something with Mario, didn't we? Oh, yeah. We watched uh, basically the backstory... Oh, that was on, on um, that was on uh, History Channel. Yeah, right? but we uh, we we no, but we watched something that was more directly to uh, the the making of Super Mario Three. Gotcha. And and um, how it played out in Japan and the U.S. because Super Mario Two in Japan was different. It was basically an extension of the Super Mario Brothers that we knew. But in the U.S., they released a different game that was actually a different title in Japan. They just changed the main characters. We did watch that this week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like on YouTube. That was a documentary yeah. through like YouTube movies. It was fascinating. Yeah, and was, I had no idea. Yeah, it showed like this team of like, you know, the guys that worked with Nintendo. And it was the same team of guys that like, and, you know, working like crazy from Super Mario Brothers yeah. to the Super Mario 2 in Japan to the Super Mario 3 as we know it. And, and you see them drawing pictures of everything that comes up on the game. That's insane. Yeah. But, I mean, going to that Super Mario 3 was was the game that pushed the NES to the absolute limit. That was probably as good as graphics and design and gameplay you could have got out of that game mm-hmm. system. So. And now all I want to do is play Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. She wants to be the raccoon and just fly around. I'll be any. Yeah. I just want to play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sweet Melissa, I think had a news story. I do, but I don't think she's queued up. No, I'm okay. Do I get a song one day? What do you yeah, mean? Maybe. What do you mean An a song? Intro song. Oh, um, please, pretty please, with cherry. You don't have to do it now, but oh, good. Yeah, because yeah. I'm definitely not. Ke- oh, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> there you go. All right, oh, the no. original outro. But so doesn't <laughs> yeah, work. I, then I, love I feel it. like we're leaving. Oh no! Coming at you live is Sweet Melissa with probably not breaking news because you would rather have old news than fake news, wouldn't you? 
this isn't super old, but it might not still be well known to other people other than the person sitting next to me. Hmm. So last night, Joe Burrow and the Bengals had an injury to his wrist, it seems. But that's not the news part to me. The news part is that now they're saying that they're going to like investigate all of this because he should have been reported as an injury, which no. maybe he should have been because they found they kept showing all these video, well, the same video or picture over and over of Thursday, him having some splint thing or something on his wrist. So every time I looked at the news today, that's all I saw. <laughs> that's where they gloss over. And, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter except mm -hmm. to gamblers. True. That's that, true. It really doesn't matter. You are right. I it, was trying to figure that let, out. Let, let's, let's, as I say in the biz, and when I mean the biz, I mean the industry. Mm -hmm. When I mean the industry, I mean the business. Uh, just let's cut the crap. It, it all has to do with gambling. So we're we're, we're just doing everything for, for gambling and gambling reasons only and sports. That's it. Every sport is like that now. It's so crazy. I mean, at least it makes sense. It's not right, but at least you made it make sense. Because I was trying to figure out what the big dealio was. There's no big deal. Unless it was for his safety, which clearly it's not. Because he chose to play. He's an adult. And, you know, I mean, look, if a doctor's lying to him about his condition, then, then we have, well, that's a malpractice. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that's something completely different. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, he he... Did fall funny late on it, and I mean, I, I mean, they you don't know. It. It, it it's unfortunate for the Bengals because they ride so much on. Mm -hmm. I mean, they win or lose with him. Now, what I forgot about last night was that Browning kid, and he didn't play bad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's very rusty, but uh, you know, years ago when he came out of Washington, I mean, you're talking about like he was a, like a surefire Heisman guy. Like he's going to be a franchise guy. This might be his opportunity. You, you never know. Some look. This is sports. Anything's bound to happen. You would think something like this. Like every time something like this happens, it would teach a team to like let their backup play. Sometimes I don't know. It's just my thought. Like maybe not all the time, but if you're thinking you might win, maybe start with the backup and then let the other guy like. Pick up the pieces if that needs to happen. You know what I mean? Well, they, the, well, there's been talk about expanding a roster where you always have three quarterbacks. Oh. So you, you have, you know, other guys healthy, ready to go. But he's not the only quarterback. They're saying he's done for the season. Mm -hmm. They're saying he's done for the season. Wow. The regular season. Yeah, yeah he's going to have to have surgery. But the Browns, who invested uh, eight draft picks and $250 million in Deshaun Watson, guess what? They can't play with their – number one toy this year he's done for the season as he's well done for the season uh done for the season yeah he's a he's uh he's dookie dookie yeah. like dookie brown 30 million dollars guaranteed guaranteed hey, guaranteed what happened uh the browns are a mismanaged organization that's what happened uh i don't know he got hurt i don't know the injury i just know he's done for the season yeah, huh. well, he's been hurt for like a, a good while. Um, what I know, yeah, he's been hurt for like a good while. They had to like teeter totter with the quarterbacks. Um, I mean, the Browns have actually been doing good even when he was hurt. 
they're six and three right now, um, and they currently have a playoff spot. So, I mean, I don't know how bad this will affect them. Um, Who the Browns? Oh yeah, no, they're six and three right now. Well, you know uh, the the backups that PJ Walker kid, right? Yeah, but they're not starting him. That's weird because I I like him so much better than anyone else they've played. He's I he's, I did too. He he's starting to fall into like uh you know uh, like a Gardner Minshew like let's not just play the guy like the guy could play like just let him play. Yeah. Um. Know. That's what I'm saying. You, you don't play these guys, and they're not going to be good when you need yeah. them. You you know I'm very convinced. You know the Bengals. Um, this might be just like obvious to say, but I think they're just, I think with the injury Joe Burrow had last night, uh, the Bengals are done, uh, for this year. Uh, I don't think they're making the, they're making the playoffs. Uh, I mean, no offense to the Browning kid, but like the Bengals have been really, really, really disappointing this year. Um, and it just, I don't know how you can come back from, from where they are right now. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you know, I was also I was also planning on coming on here to shout out a specific person um, oh. by the name. Oh, thanks. Uh, um, uh, sorry, not you, Melissa. Sorry, Melissa. Oh, you're not wow. gonna shout out yourself, are you? Uh, no, uh, I was gonna <laughs> shout out, uh, another quarterback uh, in the league, and his name is C.J. Stroud, Houston ah. Texans quarterback. Listen, I'm telling you this. You said. To, no, the fact that he just turned around that franchise in one year, that offense in general, the fact that he turned around that offense, it's it's amazing. And, I mean, he's running away. He's going to run away with the rookie offensive rookie of the year. He's in the MVP conversation. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty impressed with C.J. Stroud. Um, I'm a huge fan of this whole Texan squad uh, of who they have. But shout out to the GM for the Texans for taking a chance on CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryan. That Texan team, that Texans team is scary, and it's going to be scary for years to come. Just had to throw that out there. I hear New York, New York. Yeah. Oh, police action. Yep. Yeah. It's every time I love it. It's very. It's every time you hear, you hear you hear New York. But it's something we can count on. Right. Yeah. We need that. But yeah, CJ Stroud is good, but it's too soon because, you know, everybody's saying that he is why they beat the Bucks. Wait, I who? CJ Stroud. Uh, Stroud. I mean, did you see his stats that game? I mean, yes, I did. <laughs> that, I mean, He's that's. Good. Pretty good for a rookie. That's like really, really good for a rookie quarterback. I know um, it is. I mean, especially since people are saying, "Oh, Bryce Young's could be better than C.J. Stroud." Oh, I mean, and that could eventually happen. Like that could happen. But like, you look at where the Panthers are right now and how Bryce Young's been performing, and you look at what the Texans have been doing and what mm -hmm. C.J. Stroud is doing for that team. Yeah, I haven't heard uh, anything about Bryce Young, so there's that. He. <laughs> He, he hasn't been the best, I'll just say. Um, the Panthers, I believe, have 
one of, if not the worst record right now in the league. Um, and they don't even have their draft pick for uh, for next year because they they traded that to get Bryce Young. Um, Yikes! Yeah. Oops. I mean, I mean, I know it's early, but yeah, no, I I love how CJ Stroud's been performing. Um, he's really good, and he's very professional. Like when he talks, he's not. He seems very nice and genuine, and not a jerk. Yeah, so that's always and good. you know what? I I'm not gonna lie. I did not have like that much like confidence in CJ Stroud just because you know he's from Ohio State and like in recent memory, Ohio State quarterbacks do not do good in the NFL. And mm. he has like, I mean, maybe Justin Fields is like, I mean, Justin Fields is okay, but like he's not like really really good um, type guy. Um, but CJ Stroud kind of is just like breaking that curse of Ohio State quarterbacks. Mm. Um, no, he is pretty freaking good. He is. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So shout out to CJ Stroud and shout out to that whole Texan team. If I if if you are a Texans fan, you should be proud of what this season is accomplished. Ha- Sorry, that grammar has been bad. <laughs> It's like a puzzle. We have to figure it out. Well, yeah, no, but like it, I would, if I'm a, if oh, wait, I'm wait, a, do you hear that? Do you hear that? That's you leaving the station on the CJ Trout train. <laughs> oh, wow. there you are. Right? Oh, there he is. Uh, All right. Yep. See you subway. Have fun with see, CJ. See, see, yeah. I'll have him shout you guys out. There he is. CJ. CJ Stroud train. Oh, I just saw the thread. Hi, hon. I'm late uh, to the game. No, but for real though, um, if I'm They're a little behind fan, there, I, Melissa. I know, I because I was so involved that I, I didn't open the app yet because I don't have to right now because I can hear you all with the fancy headset that you usually wear, Big Mike. Oh, super. <laughs> I'll try not to get my ear boogers on it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm kind of partial to that headset. I know it is nice. It is. All right, Subway, stand by for a second. We're we're gonna get we we got a a, a list. Obviously, we're gonna get through, but um, I have to get some uh, bills paid. So everyone just stand on by because you know. Uh, oh, wait. Oh no. There we go. See, that's a little better. <laughs> and see, right now, I just want to say I'm thankful for a lot of things. I want to be thankful for my sponsor at Naughty Radio. You know, they're here helping us out, and I want to help you folks out. When you're looking for your newest uh, for your music collection, and vinyl, some merch, as they say in the biz. And when I say the business, I mean the industry. You want to go to NaughtyRadio.com. That's N-A-U-T-I. R-A-D-I-O dot com. And don't forget to put in the promo code. Big Ed. I thought I gotta you say, were that is... thankful for me. I keep thinking it's all about me tonight. Well, well usually. I guess you're wrong. <laughs> hey, Casey, very good read. Very Thanks. good. He didn't even read anything. That's the funny part. Well, you know. Oh, it's, it'll, it'll, oh, it's off the cuff. like that later. Yeah, off wow. the cuff. Yes. Well done. Well, hey, like you know what? I felt like Orson Welles. You know, <laughs> you kind of are. Speaking of Orson Welles, 
Mine these green the peas are the speaking, most speaking of Orson Welles and movies. Yes. One of my coworkers, younger than us, mm. has never seen Transformers the movie. Oh, wow. So he was going on vacation this week. I, I suggested that as some entertainment on his trip. And I mentioned Orson Welles plays Unicron. He had no clue who Orson Welles was. I'm like, uh, never mind. He yeah. plays the big planet. It'll be cool. So I, I actually rewatched that movie this week. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. I it, it's as, that in a long time. It's as awesome as it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, like a good little rock uh, like soundtrack. Oh, s- soundtrack is epic. Well done. And, it, and, it, and it, insane opening for a movie. I remember watching it. I'm like, no, oh, gosh, like they just wiped out half the favorite characters like in the first five minutes. I'm like, what yeah. just happened? Actually, I was, like, traumatized. I, I, <laughs> I, it, it was like the first 25 minutes, technically, because I, I did document that. I, I told, here's spoiler alert, if nobody's seen this movie from 40-something years ago or 30-something years ago, uh, Opti- I told my buddy, yeah, Optimus Prime gets killed within the first 15 minutes. I was close. It's the first 24 minutes of the movie. And to your point, yes, they wiped out a bunch of characters. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's, yeah, that's tra- a big tra- reset tra- of the traumatizing, toy Traumatizing, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. it was. It was. Well, you know, I watched a documentary about it. And the writers, because all this was, this was. Hasbro's way of Generation 1 toys, the Generation 1 Transformers, they were going away, bringing out new toys. They have to eliminate the toys. What better way than kill them in a movie? Yeah, and really bury the GoBots. Yeah, oh, big time. So the writers were like, "Eh, it's really probably not a good idea to kill off your top guy, Optimus Prime. He's kind of Kids kind of like him, kind of a big deal. Well, Hasbro didn't listen. And they ended up, they they saw the error in their ways. And in season three of the Transformers, they bring Optimus Prime back from the dead. Correct. Yeah, that, the Rodimus Prime never really took off. Nah, nah, nah. You guys have probably talked about this, but I'm, you know... I don't know these things, so I have to Google them. Did you know Orson Welles died 10 months before it came out? Yeah. He yeah. never he never got to reap the benefits of his last movie, playing a planet, uh, eating shit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was better that way? No, I, I think uh, I, I think it was awesome. You had to have that iconic voice. There, well, Judd Nelson played Hot Rod. AKA Rodimus Prime. Correct. Mm. You had um, Dean Stockwell was, what was the other? Tra- uh, uh, oh, yeah, anyway. Dean Stockwell. No. He played. Um, I'm Orson Welles, and I guarantee. Anyway. These are the greatest llama beans you'll ever find in a can. <laughs> I do love lima beans. Me too. 
Hey, let me ask you this. With that, like, limey bean segue, we got Thanksgiving coming up next week. We do. Um, are you are you going to be around, or are we doing this again like this? Um, We're not going to be around. We'll, we'll have to do a post. Maybe we do a – maybe we do a one in the can. Hmm. We're, 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 we'll have to text over the weekend. We'll have to text that. over this. Yeah. If not, I'm, I'm going to have to do this because I'll be over here next Friday. I got you. Here at the Polk Palace. Uh-huh. Mm, the Polk uh-huh. Palace. Uh-huh. I like it. Uh-huh. Well, um, hmm. all right. So, uh, we'll, 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 fi- we'll figure out some logistics there. That's behind the scenes stuff. All you kids listening, you don't need to uh, be involved in. Yeah. Us adults will handle that. Uh, that's right. Oh, oh, I hate I, when that happens. I see how this goes. All right, that's a <laughs> a Freudian flip of the soundboard. Yes, <laughs> actually, I meant this because uh, subway standby. Ten, nine. I eight, thought it was for you. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Subway's last. Subway's last. All right. Um, here we go. This is a fun list I have. Uh, a list that for I, I am really anticipated to do. Uh, this is the top 10 best debut albums ever. Okay. Okay, uh, when you say ever, give it, can you give us like a, <laughs> a, a time frame so we're not all over the place? Wait, 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 wait. First off, who, who's, who are we creating a source for? Uh, top40weekly.com. Hmm. Okay. They might be credible. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But I, uh, on that day, they were like, we only go to 10. Forget the other 30. <laughs> yeah. They made a bunch of them, but we're, yeah, we're going to uh, turn uh, 10. Uh, this is all artists, male, female, bands, uh, any, any genre. Um, yeah, okay, okay, so like country, rock, R&B, hip-hop, so forth? That's all in the, um, that's all in the, um... That's okay, how about so Joe just, Tunes? So, hello, my baby, hello, my darling, hello, my ragtime girl. Is that what you have to sing when you hear the word show tunes? Well, obviously, W, uh, you know, whatever, Michigan Frog. That's exactly Yes. But uh, I will, uh, you know what? But um, just in case you guys don't get sidetracked, uh, I am gonna do a little spoil a little bit. Uh, nine out of the ten is rock in this list. Of course, you got to ah. figure that. No, so, I wouldn't have. I wonder what the one that is not. Well, that'd be <laughs> interesting. Okay. So uh, let's start with Big Mike. Uh, so pick a band. Correct. Yep. And their debut. How about album. and their de- well? I, I probably don't know the debut album by pick, name. Pick the band then. Here's someone that came to my mind: Poison. Poison, uh, not on the list. Mm. Okay. Look what the cat didn't drag in. That's right. Uh, Poison uh, in the top ten. This is yeah. going to be difficult. Uh, all right. Uh. Casey, um, well, you know, just kind of thinking of some things here and keeping with some of the theme of what Big Ed's been going through with grunge, I'm going with uh, Pearl Jam's 10. 
you know what? I'm going to say this. Great, great album. That is number four. Wow. Uh, Good job. Yeah. Do you we know have what? to I say love... the album? Oh, I, I got a great one. Okay. I, I love that album. Um, you don't have – oh, Sweet Melissa, you don't have to say the album if you don't yes. know the name. Um, just, yes. you know. Just... That's the only way if, I'm going to if... have any guesses. All right. I will say this. I love I love 10. Great album. Um, it's up there in my own list of best debut albums ever. Um, it's amazing. Uh, all right, sweet Melissa. Here we go. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Uh, not on the list. Oh, boo. All right. Here we go. Round, round two. Uh, Big Mike. How about Green Day? Oh yeah. Green Day. Um, not on the list. Oh, it should be. All right, Casey. Well, um, again, I'm going to tap into a little big Ed here. Um, we're going to have to go Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin one. Uh, that is number two. Wow. Cool. Damn it. Casey gets extra credit too for knowing the album names. Well, I'm not sure if you met my family members. I know. It's kind of required. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, sweet Melissa. Nirvana. Hmm. Did you hear that, uh, Subway? It might be there. Oh, I don't think he... he, Oh, Nirvana? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a yes? Wait, did you say Nirvana? Uh-huh. That's what she said. Not on the list. Oh, no. you got me excited for a minute. Yeah, no. Uh, Can you not hear me? No, I hear you now. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. All right. Here we go. Uh, Big Mike, you're back mm. up. I'm back up. All right, let's see. How about... Hmm. That's kind of a tricky one. Mm-hmm. It is a tricky one because it, it, it's everything I like is in the bottom 100. So <laughs> uh, let's say I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go off the message board. I'm gonna go with something you know a pretty good guess. How about Elvis Presley? Mm. Elvis Presley, number five. Wow. All right. I might need to visit the message. What would have been that album called? Just, I, I uh, think it was just Elvis. Right? Elvis I'm pretty Presley. sure. That was the album name. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Hey, hey, the king. All right. Yep. All right, uh, Casey. Uh, from the Sunset Strip themselves, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Mm. Very, very Number good album. seven. Damn it, I wow. see Seven. GNR, baby. Good. Yep. Yeah, Casey, you're on a roll here. Um, um, yeah, well, you know, this is kind of like my wheelhouse, you know. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh sweet Melissa. Hmm. I'm gonna I, I I'm cheating as well. The Beatles. Thank you, Di. Uh no, not on the list. What? Really? Wow. Yep. I called. Wow. 
Hmm. You'll, I think you'll understand why eventually. Um, I will? Oh. You all will. I get um, it. Because it's one of those, I, I get it. I get it. It actually, okay. I'm, I'm ready this. for my next the, turn. Uh, I, I'm going to say this, though. The Beatles, uh, because this top 40 weekly is not a top 10, it's, and it's multiple, it's it's like a top 100, uh, the Beatles is number 15, actually, uh, I will no. say. Uh, hmm. Well, that's yeah, still we, ridiculous. Uh, but anyways, all right, Big Mike, you're back up. How about, how about wings? Wings? Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. All right. There. All right. So um, I'll go and then sweep Melissa, and then you'll run it down run for it, us. Run it Take me out of my misery. Absolutely. All right. I got to go to my counterpart off the message board. Uh, yeah, very good. Christ That's a good too. pick. The the other Casey. I got to say, um, and for me, definitely in my wheelhouse, the Doors self titled, the Doors. Bam, bam, bam. I need, you know what? I love that album. Number three. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Can I just get one? That's right. Mr. Mojo's Rising. All right. I got it. I got it. All right. All right. Sweet, sweet Melissa. What do Queen. you got? Queen. Queen. No. Damn it. I just wanted one. No. There's so, I mean, listen, they're, listen, they didn't start out strong. I mean, let's be honest. They didn't start out strong. Um, compared to other other I bands, I their good debut album. They're one that was a hit. Oh, a night at the opera. I don't know the debut after the debut. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, the I think this is good. All right, I'm just gonna run down the top ten. Um, yes. Michael Jackson. No, not off the wall. Um, sorry about that. Actually, that's not even his debut album. Um, anyways, uh, number ten is the only non-rock album. Um, that is the self-titled album of Run DMC. Wow. wow. All right. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think I had that on cassette at one point. I mean, it's like that, and that's the way uh, it is. <laughs> Uh, number nine, it's actually probably, I would rank this second on my favorite debut albums of all time. It's Van Halen. Oh, Van yes. Halen. Yeah. It's, I, I have a number two. I'll tell you what my favorite debut album is Um, once I run down this list. Okay. Um, so number eight, Um, actually, I was talking, I was talking about this album with my teacher uh, my uh, history teacher about this because uh, he really likes this album. Uh, my aim is true, Elvis Costello. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Mm. Um, hmm. we got number seven. Uh, number six. Um, this is uh the Velvet Underground and Nico by by the Velvet Underground with mm. the iconic huh. Warhol banana. Uh, yeah. Yep, the painting. Yep, I've I've seen their documentary on Apple TV. They're a great band, uh, way ahead of their time, I will say. Um, well, then and, we're left with number one, then. Uh, yeah, and this is a good one. Uh, actually, Elton John. No, uh, this is. Uh, are you experienced? 
from the Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix experience. Yeah. Hendrix wow. Experience. I mean, it's I a great album. I mean, not gonna lie, it is a great album. Um, all right. You want to know my favorite uh, debut album of all time? My favorite. Um, is it Leaf Garrett? That's mine. <laughs> no, uh, actually, it's not. So um, it's actually ranked number 33 on this top4weekly.com list. It is the self-titled album of The Cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's with uh, The Good Time Roll, My Best Friend's Girlfriend. I love My Best I love my best friend's girl. That that is my favorite song from that album. I I just love Elliot Easton's guitar, uh, rockabilly guitar uh, solos on that song. It's a fun album. Yeah, the cars you can't go wrong with them. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So that's my favorite debut album of all time. Um, right. I'm surprised yeah. that Boston was not in there, but now I'm realizing it makes sense. Uh, well, if you really it, look at it. that that album was massive for them, though. Oh yeah, and it's a great album. Honestly, that was like their only good album, and then they, you know, they had some good songs on other albums, but like this. Yeah, album, they they had a big like legal battle with the uh, uh, record company, uh, and it took I think like six or seven years to put out like a follow up album, and it, it it just like artistically like killed them. Yeah, but uh, it took basically. like what, like eight years for them to put out another album, S- something like that. Well, yeah. all right, so we're we're talking about all right, uh, Big Mike. Do you have a favorite yeah. debut album? Yeah. Uh, not in particular. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I did like um, the Flying Burrito Brothers. Uh, mm. Gilded Palace of Sin is a pretty killer country rock album that I really do. I, I would say maybe that. Yes. I, I see. And, I like. I like that you go for a deep cut. I like that. And then, uh, right there with it is probably New Riders of the Purple Sage. New Riders of the Purple Sage, self-titled album. Ah, fantastic album. So I, I, I would say that, I like those two albums. Those would be my two. Like I said, those would be in the bottom one hundred of the uh, top debut albums. But Big Mike's World, they're pretty awesome. Well, you're a pretty awesome guy, so uh, they're, well, they're awesome you. in my book. Mm-hmm. Sweet Melissa, I, I'm dying to know what would be. I don't your even favorite. know if I. I don't. I don't. I don't know debut albums. Like I don't know. I just had to Google one, and I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> right. Like well, sweet I mean... Melissa, how, <laughs> how about how about anything? Let, let me let me just. <laughs> Let me try to see if any of these would ring your bell. How about <laughs> Debbie Gibson's? Wasn't it just Debbie Gibson? What was Debbie know, Gibson's I... for? Did you like uh, her? Was, was that Electric Youth? I did. Elect- was that Electric Youth? I, I, I think so. Know. And it's it, and, and it's pretty sad that I would actually know that. I think but. I do have that, but I didn't. I don't. I, don't I only know this because I had a sister who right. like. I, I, and I had the hats. No, I'm just oh, kidding. She always had hats. No, yeah, uh, Debbie Gibson Pumpkins. did wear hats. She did like hats. I looked up Smashing Pumpkins debut album, and it's not anything I know. Go ahead and guess. Oh, it's know. Skish. Damn it! What yeah. the hell is that? I, do you know who my family is? I, I do. I'm but... required. I was I was strapped <laughs> to the back of the car, and and huh. and 
there's this game, Stump the Chump, and right. the, the answers, it just got riskier and riskier. Like, I, I had to get them right. In the end, I always lost. So, you <laughs> well, know, I had you, to. You won now, didn't you? Because yes. who the hell knows something called Gish? Uh, Not it. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I'll, I'll get an answer for you. The interwebs are going to help me. Hey, oh, Dolly Parton, by the way, is releasing. Oh, yeah. Of rock yeah, album. record, yeah, rock star, yeah, rock star. So we're gonna yep. have to figure out a, a listening party and and definitely make that an album of discussion. XM is even given her her own channel for a short time called Rock Star. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, that yeah. She she did like a pretty long sit down with uh, Howard Stern this week. Did she really? Uh, you know, you yeah. got to give Dolly Parton credit. At her, you know, she's not a spring chicken, and no. she's still in the studio, and she's still very relevant in the music landscape. So, bravo, Dolly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I listened. Uh, I did listen to her on Howard Stern, actually. Um, I uh, wait, you didn't I listen, listen, did you yet? I, I listened to some. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think there, Subway? Uh, all right, her on Howard Stern. The big thing I took away was um, the fact that Elvis really uh, the when she talked about Elvis, um, um, because Elvis really wanted to cover the "I I Will Always Love You" song, the the song that ended up getting Paul. covered by uh, Whitney. Whitney. Houston. Mm -hmm. um, I like Dolly's version better. No, you 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 know you know what's funny, Subway. You bring that up. That's two weeks in a row. There's a big big. Elvis, uh, I wouldn't say expose, but like for the fans to know how horrible of a person Colonel Tom was. Yeah, he was a piece of shit. I mean, he he ruined Elvis's career. So Colonel Tom Parker basically sunk that deal where Elvis would cover that song, which that would have been a massive hit for Big Elvis. And that, and that would have been great for Dolly because she gets a songwriting credits. It, it makes her money, you know. Uh, the week prior, the week prior, uh, Howard had Barbara Streisand and, um, and, yep. and she was talking about when a Star Wars born, when she did the one with Chris Christopherson in the mm -hmm. 70s, it was originally supposed to be her with Elvis Presley, but Colonel Tom kept asking for too much money and he wanted producing credits. And they were yeah. just like, they're like, there's no way you're going to get producing credits on it. Because then he, he, he was a very greedy guy. I mean, oh, and that, that would, that, that would have changed Elvis's career. That, that would have been really the movie to, lend credibility to elvis as far as acting goes as an elvis actor always wanted always wanted and just you know colonel tom i mean you talk about a leech were you talking about a leech mm. man? oh I yeah uh, candle box oh, oh candle box that was, that was a great album yeah right? i like it i, I really I'll like give, that that's, i'll give you a little high five on that one i got a little one that was a good one. That was that's uh, Casey. That's our high school era right there. Mm -hmm. That's you are correct, sir. You yeah. are correct. That's the last time I really spent money on music. Does that sound bad? In high school? Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, well, 
don't don't you have like uh don't you pay for uh apple itunes or anything like no. that no, no i'm very cheap all right well so no. am i but i got i i i have itunes no i don't but i also don't have a fancy car that lets me play itunes in it oh <laughs> Oh yeah, listen. So there's that. <laughs> she's definitely low tech. Like it's actually shocking this thing doesn't have a tape deck player in it. It does. That'd be cool. Oh, I guess it doesn't. My last. Yeah, it's did. a, it's a, it's a, it's a tweener. Right. <laughs> definitely has a CD player. Take advantage of that sometimes. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Subway, good list, man. Yeah, very good. Subway. I loved it. I well loved done. This one. Uh, yeah. Casey, did you did you say uh, your favorite debut album? Mm. No. Um, did I say my? Well, you know, I, I probably probably the Doors album. I mean, that, that's yeah, great. Album. Was like that. That was definitely my jam. Um, I mean, there are some good ones on here. The Zeppelin, uh, Pearl Jam. Um, uh, you know what? That's not on the list. I, I would say if there's something not on the list that I, I absolutely loved uh, growing up was. Stone Temple Pilots core. Uh, yeah. I mean, and my friend Chris Reitz down the street had this album. I kid you not a year before it was it, th this. This was an album that was actually out around. They were selling it. You know, they were a college rock band. Uh, no one knew who they were. I don't know. I still to this day, I have no idea how he got his hands on this album. <laughs> he would come over. We play basketball all day till the sun went down summertime in Florida. So it's going to be like nine o'clock at night. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a little radio with a little CD player on it. We put some albums and this would be one that was constantly playing this one summer. And like six months later, it's on the radio. I'm like, holy crap, we know this album. Like it's big. Like we like we were let's say before anyone else. That is fun. It, it's it, it was like the first time I was like I was definitely all aboard a band that no one ever heard of. Uh, so yeah, I would have to say Core. That 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 had a special. Uh, That's special what we listened there. to the other night, right? Uh, that no. Uh, I'll send you guys a, a link. We we watched uh, Stone Temple Pilots did. I guess a couple of years ago they recorded like in a studio live um, oh, yeah. them doing an album, the whole album. Uh, it, actually, I think they have one for core, but they did purple, which was a second oh. album, but they have a new lead singer. But if you close your eyes, he sounds like Scott Weiland, but the music, mm -hmm. uh, music, oh, uh, the musicians of the band, uh, the, the Leos and, and Kretz, the drummer, they're, 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 they're fantastic. It was super blonde of me because I uh, knew it wasn't. It, it, it's a treat. I think I sent the other Casey a link too. Um, and folks, uh, maybe I'll put it on. I'll put it on her Twitter uh, later. That's uh, or X X at beer seats. And then uh, you know, if you guys have questions, comments, emotional outbursts, you know, goes reach us on uh, electronic mail. That's email for you folks on the inside. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I say you inside, got I mean mail. You tap yeah, you got mail. You can email us at the show at warmbeerandcheapseats.com. Uh, and you can email us at anything if you, you want to know uh, if you want Subway to do a particular list. If yeah. you uh, if you want uh, him to sing a song. Sing a song. Yeah, if you want him to make your dancing monkey, Subway's your guy. <laughs> He's cheap, too. 
and uh, or uh, you know an album or a genre you want uh, Big Ed on the Rock and Roll Retrospective, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, we we have we have that. Yeah, because guess what? I have a list lined up for next week. Uh, thanks for uh, shout out to uh, the Casey in the chat for just giving me inspiration. Um, ah. Mm. Ooh, good, 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 good. Well, with that said, uh, we we have one more segment. We'll uh, kind of wrap things up. So stand by, everyone. We have big big ads. It's rock and roll retrospective. Take it away, Casey. (laughs) Thank you, Big Mike. All right, hang hang out, guys. Listen and enjoy. Big Ed is away, but we are taking a small detour from Big Ed's dive into grunge era albums in the 90s there was a kaleidoscope of music happening abroad inevitably we always end up focusing on just seattle and the subsequent sound a puget sound see what i did there Mm -hmm. but we had active music scenes all over the u.s you had the an alternative pop sound in arizona say jim blossoms alternative and college rock in athens with bands like rem and stp Alternative rock from Orlando Gainesville area with Creed, Seven Mary Three. Hard rock and glam rock in New York with Helmet and Spacehog. And across the pond, you had Oasis, Blur, Alaska, and on and on. Also, you had hard rock, alternative, and funk in L.A. with Jane's Addiction, Rage Against the Machine, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm going to discuss that time a Jane's Addiction member joined the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The result was the album One Hot Minute, released September 12, 1995. The main players are Anthony Kiedis on vocals, Dave Navarro on guitars and backing vocals, Flea on bass, backing vocals and lead vocals on the song called P, and Chad Smith on drums and percussion. David joined the band at the request of Chad Smith. He, The previous guitarist, John... Frusciante had quit the band for personal reasons during a tour supporting blood, sex, sugar, magic. Uh, and he was kind of uncomfortable with the current level of fame. And, you know, he had some other personal reasons. So on a personal level, when I found out about this, um, you know, that Navarro had joined Red Hot Chili Peppers, I was, I was very excited. Uh, James Addiction was a influential alternative band from LA. His personal favorite of mine, and when they disbanded, left the void kind of really in that scene. Uh, but leading into this album, and this was like the teaser, they they had recorded just a single called "Soul to Squeeze" for the Conehead soundtrack, and they followed that up with a small tour and hit like a lot of summer festivals before actually diving into the studio to make this album one hot minute. Uh, this is where some of the friction really started in, and I don't want to dive in too much because it's kind of their story. And, you know, I'm not here to go into the whole drama of the thing, but, you know, you had uh, artists of different uh, backgrounds or pedigrees where Red Hot Chili Peppers were kind of like this funk jam band. And uh, Jane's Addiction was just a different style of band. And, their writing process was completely different. And Dave 
was more used to just like he's going to write something and to present it to the band where red hot chili peppers are like we go in the studio and we just just find a riff and we just you know go at it and collaborate together uh it's it's definitely a different writing process but in the end this would be the red hot chili peppers sixth studio album the famed rick rubin was the producer the album was 13 tracks long clocked in at 61 minutes and 14 seconds uh one hot minute was certified double platinum with over 2 million albums sold in the u.s alone one hot minute peaked at number four on the u.s billboard 200. there were five singles released on this album between august 95 and august 96. my friends mm. name and song was number one on a rock chart while i also remember the song airplane received heavy airplay on mtv remember when mtv played videos i digress the first song on the album is warped uh it's also the first single released from this album and this was a major departure from the previous album uh, as far as the sounds, you know, adding Navarro, it changed the dynamics from just a, a funk band and a kind of like a funk jam band and infused a bit more of a metal sound to them, gave them a little bit more edge. Uh, the song lyrically is more about Anthony Kiedis. He was kind of hiding a, he's a guy with an addiction thing. And uh, this was hidden kind of from the band that he, he kind of slipped from his sobriety uh, at that time. And a lot of this has been documented, and I don't want to go into ad nauseum about it. You can read about it. He's documented in his autobiography, Scar Tissue. It's a, it's a very um, introspective book. Um, but the song is loud and fast, and this isn't your granddad's give it away. Uh, mm -hmm. Then the song ends quietly, and it just kind of drifts along. The next track brings us to Airplane. This is more elements of a uh, red hot chili pepper song, some fun lyrics mixed with a fun, uh, funk riff. And it's a fun song to sing along to. And again, it was on MTV a lot. Next track, deep kick starts with spoken word with light music in the backdrop and about two minutes in deep kick. My friends was a smash hit of the album. It topped the charts. It's an acoustic song with well-placed vocal harmonies. And there's no wonder why it was, you know, a number one hit. Coffee Shop was the fourth single released. It's a fast-paced song anchored by Chad Smith on drums and Flea's funk beats with Dave's aggressive guitar. It has some silly lyrics and classic Kiedis rhymes. Song P features Flea on vocals for a change. Very stripped-down song. Basically, in the end, it's just Flea and his bass. And it's one of the many reasons to love Flea, and he's a treasure to us all. Next song, One Big Mob. This is an example that when the Chili Peppers find a groove, they want to let it breathe. This is one of three tracks on this album, the top six minutes. Some of the vocal effects give the song a slight psychedelic feel. No must lulls you away, and at moments, it will snap you right on back. Next song, Walkabout, is a song with a fun funk riff, nothing too aggressive, more of a simple jam. 
hey, it's a walkabout. Tearjerker opens with a melodic guitar. This is more a classic ballad, how it's structured. And Dave Navarro creates such beautiful harmonics from his guitar. It's a, it's, it is a, a pretty song. The title track, One Hot Minute, one of the longer tracks, obviously, mm. Charlie Puppers, they like to play with the sound. They like to let it build and grow and, you know, kind of see where it goes with it. That's It's part of their process. You know, they're, they're again, a jam band, and they're going to let it grow. And it really driven by the guitar in this one, though. Uh, next track, Falling Into Grace, starts with a funk riff. The chorus is your classic Anthony Kiedis sing-along song. Shallow Be Thy Game was another single released from this album. Uh, not too much in the charts, but it was a single nonetheless. Uh, this has more uh, structure than the last few songs we had previously heard in the album. Uh, Chad's drums drive the beat. And Dave's guitar keeps everything real nice and tight. And Kiedis drops the rhymes for more vocal lyrics. You know, more singing on this one. And the last track, Transcending, opens with Flea's bass. The drums join and light guitar and Anthony's lyrics. And Anthony's lyrics are always something different and born from his poetry. And that's his writing style. The song's no different. as more changing structures and actually very rare screaming uh, near the end of the song from Kiedis, uh, not his normal uh, set style in the album, then just kind of fades away. Cricks overall were fairly mixed with this album. Uh, Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus and the Rolling Stone, you know, we talk about them. They rated the album three and a half stars. Personally, I love this. This is one of my favorite albums of the era. You know, and I know we talk about grunge. It's not a grunge album, but you know, the, these were nineties bands kind of experimenting. You know, they, they needed a guitarist and here was a guy from Jane's addiction available. I love the marriage of two giant L.A. bands. Uh, this was a big departure for Red Hot Chili Peppers. I felt Navarro gave them an edgier sound they always kind of were missing. Um, they toured and supported the album, but never recorded another album with Navarro again. It just, it just never really kind of worked out. Uh, just too many differences and lifestyle changes and so forth. So they, they, they parted ways. Uh, and and to this day, they really don't tour to support this album. So if you see them live, it would be a very rare occurrence for them to play a song off this album. In retrospect, this is an album with artists stepping outside their collective comfort zone. It has some funk, some metal, and some experimental sounds. There's some uh, fun songs, and then there's some there low on the darker side such as life you know but why don't you listen and decide for yourself enjoy well done yeah. very good very good so you know i know big ed's gonna come back and discuss nirvana's in utero when he does come back but you know he he wasn't available i want to step in make sure we had something still in the queue and this was one again you know i wanted to open up you know in the 90s i think we get two 
too uh, glommed in on Seattle. There's stuff all over the place. And I thought this was always an interesting album from an interesting band. Mm-hmm. I never realized till Casey taught me that Dave Navarro was in that. Like, I love a lot of those songs. They were big, big hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to this day, I mean, you're going to hear... Mm-hmm. There's stuff on this album that gets, you know, in, in Tampa, you have 98 Rock. They're going to play stuff from 98 Rock mm-hmm. from this album. Mm-hmm. Um, John Fruscietti, he does not like this album at all. He says it's like hmm. watching someone with your girlfriend. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's he, pretty he graphic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, or, you know, just someone being with the girlfriend, I guess he, I, I guess, you know, not in detail of anything, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah, for him, gets the point across. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it, it was kind of a weird thing. He left the band and then, um, you know, he ends up coming back. And so, and it, that's always been his relationship with that band. He's uh, he's kind of an odd duck. He's he's skilled. Um, you know, he fits their writing process very well. Uh, you know, Navarro didn't. You know, and and again, uh, Kiedis's book. He does talk about it. You know, and again, there are big lifestyle changes and differences with all them, but. You know, it becomes a he said, he said thing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I say, do you have anything point, negative to say about Navarro? Well, just Navarro, um, you know, Kiedis was supposed to be trying to live a, a sober life. And, you know, he felt that Navarro wasn't. And it was mm. in the conflict of his health. And look, and again, look, he wrote about in his book. So I, I'm not here taking sides. I'm here just saying I think it was a fantastic and a unique album mm-hmm. and a unique time of the musical landscape of rock. And especially for them because they were just kind of like a funk jam band and then all of a sudden they kind of found a little success with like – I think without Under the Bridge. Um, I don't know. They, 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 they were a pretty rocky band. They, they had a, a lot of inconsistency because partially – they did have their own personal demons with drugs and mostly Kiedis. They, they had a, a, a guitarist, uh, Hillel, who overdosed in the 80s. And that caused their original drummer, Jack Irons, to quit the band because he's like, I'm not watching two of my best friends die. And he's like, I already watched one. I'm not watching the next one. Later on, Jack Irons is the guy actually, and we're doing a little rock and roll trivia here. He's, He's the guy that actually passed a cassette from Eddie Vedder to the guys that would end up like help form Pearl Jam saying, hey, listen to this demo tape. This guy's an awesome singer. Mm-hmm. He basically put Eddie Vedder with Pearl Jam and later became their drummer for a short time. Hmm. Jack Irons, original drummer of Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were right in the mix of it. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, of rock music that time. They, their fingers were on the pulse. They were a little different at times, but they were right there in the mm-hmm. thick of it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. There the rock and roll retrospective, retrospective, Casey gave it 
you know, much respect. Well done on sh such a short, uh, short notice there, Casey. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot to go over. I'm going to lay down for a while. <laughs> it's much deserved. You better. You better. Ha ha have, a, have a warm beer to get you back. <laughs> there you go. Back in groove. That's the one. <laughs> and how. <laughs> you got anything uh, to add there, uh, Big Mike? No, I, I think that uh, I think you uh, covered it all, old buddy. Yeah, I think we kind of covered it all. Uh, Subway, you got anything there? I see you kind of hanging in the in the wings. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna celebrate tonight. I'm gonna put the X in sex with. Uh, oh god! Wow! Hmm. Way it's to go, Subway! Show. No, it's really, family uh, show. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Sweet Melissa. Go Knowles. All right. You heard it here first. Gold nose. Gold nose. <laughs> wow, that's Subway. There's something else. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Trip Fink's going to bring us on home. Big Mike, catch you later. Catch you later. Sweet Melissa. Everyone be safe and your mind. Uh, well, you just got to remember. Sunny, shiny side up. And the greasy side down. <laughs>